Welcome to Navigating Neurodivergence with me, Stefan Glazer. If you don't know what this podcast and my whole mantra of Navigating Neurodivergence is about, really, at the base of it, it's about knowing that you are not alone in your struggles with neurodivergence. Whether it's ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, the full gamut of neurodiverse dilemmas. You are not alone in your struggles. You're not alone in your conquests and triumphs. That's what navigating neurodivergence is all about. This is a place where people get to express what they went through, how they made it through, and where they're going as they strive with their neurodivergence. So, please, enjoy your time here and listen to others that navigated their neurodivergence. Today's episode is amazing. My new friend, Dr. Heather Clark. You know, Heather shares her journey from burnout in the pharmacy industry to discovering and embracing her psychic abilities. And she put together this amazing place online where you can actually go and get the information that you need. What do I mean by this? Dr. Clark put together a amazing freebie on finding flow through understanding your needs and not just the flow state, but literally the flow of all energy. So she's out there wanting to help as many neurospicy souls set the world on fire without burning out, which is awesome. Please enjoy this episode with the amazing Dr. Heather Clark. Before we get into today's episode, I have a few questions really quick. Do you want a free condensed copy of my book where you get free tools, three free tools? Do you want 33? Yes, more threes, 33% off all prints from my photography gallery for life. And do you want free updates weekly on everything that I do with the whole navigating neurodivergence empire that I have? Well, guess what? You can get all that in one place. Go to navigatingneurodivergence.org and it has links to everything. If you want to buy my book, if you want to find all my social media, find my photography, uh, sign up for the newsletter, everything. It has everything. It's all at navigatingneurodivergence.org. And now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Navigating Neurodivergence. I have Dr. Heather Clark on with me today. How are you doing, Dr. I'm Clark? I'm doing great. Doing great. Call me Heather. Okay. I, I, I always lo I, I love when somebody has, you know, they, you earn that, the doctor title. That's, that's what matters to me. And so I always, <laughs> always out of respect, I, I give, give everyone. But Heather, you know, I'm so happy to have you on today. Uh, for those that don't know or skip the intro, because if you're like me, sometimes you do that. Um, <laughs> how, not only how are you doing today, let's go, how did you get here today? <laughs> Give a little <laughs> overview on who you are. What an expansive question. Mm -hmm. See where to start. <laughs> <laughs> The professional answer is for those who are interested, my doctorate's in pharmacy. And I was in pharmacy for, gosh, a number of years. Um, the short version is I burned out, mm -hmm. but not in a, oh, I think I need a vacation kind of a way, in a I can't get off the couch kind of a way, in a I would take a shower and then need to lay down and rest, which was very out of character for me. And of course, it's terrifying because you're just like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. And I went through several physicians and they had increasingly exotic and expensive tests. And the answer was like, I don't know, looks like you're fine. You know, and then they get that little vibe. I was like, if it's all in my head, that's great. But let's address that. Like, let's figure this out. And I finally got a functional medicine specialist who listened to the whole story and was like, oh, you have adrenal fatigue. I remember this was before this whole becoming journey where I was like, I've been to school for a lot of years and I've never heard of that. 
Yeah. <laughs> she explains it from like using the nerdy physiology. And I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. So then as during my recovery, it occurs to me, well, maybe I could help other people recover. Mm. And that's where it started. And then it kind of took a left turn because I was developing a successful practice, helping people recover from burnout. And then I did some business coaching where you do a lot of things you wouldn't normally do when you get coached. And I had three people in 10 days say, well, Heather, you know, you're psychic, right? And the first one I was like, whatever. So anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> and then the next person I was like, what? I, do I need to wear a scarf and carry a crystal ball and get these long flowing dresses that are like, like no. And then by the third person, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to look into this. But not from a place of, oh, my beautiful gifts from a place of, I'm going to prove to you this is not a thing so we can move on with our lives. Mm -hmm. And so. it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> I, I have to say something, too, to that. It is always funny when you you when that door gets opened and you're like, hey, I'm going to prove how nonsensical this is. And you step through the door and you go, oh, crap. It's yeah. not, it's not yeah, nonsensical. Like, you got me. <laughs> and uh, the thing that helped me get over myself and really lean into it wasn't, you know, like, oh, all these benefits to me. It was, oh my goodness, I can help people on a much deeper level so that the shifts are permanent. It's like mm -hmm. quickly, safely, and permanently yeah. recover and avoid problems. I was like, all right, that's how we'll do it. So yeah. And now of course things evolve. But that's, that's the the highlights of how we got here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I always kind of ask people too, that are, are tapped into, you know, uh, tapped into source, the divine, whatever you, the universe, however you want to call it. Uh, for me, it's always been like the universe or source. Um, but for those that are, uh, I always kind of ask when you were younger, did it ever come up? Because when we're kids, it seems that we might've been doing weird stuff as children that kind of got poo pooed on. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, looking back, I can see like, wow, I shut down a whole lot of these things just so that I could get through and get by. Yeah. And, and there's some stuff that's like, it's difficult to tease apart. Is this, I was getting information from source or is this just, I can, get information from the environment, you know, that advanced pattern recognition. So as a precocious kid, big vocabulary, lots of questions. What about this? What about that? And what I discovered early on is adults don't like it <laughs> when you tell them what's really happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, they tend to shut down or like totally dismiss you when, when you yeah. do that. <laughs> The, let the gaslighting begin. Mm -hmm. So it's a real question. Was it just advanced pattern recognition or was it information from source? Um, you know, and then strange experiences as a kid. And you tell your parents like that was really scary. And they're like, oh, that was a dream. And you're just like, look, I might be seven, but I know that I'm awake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know I'm not sleeping. So, okay, this isn't, oh, got it. So yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, I always tell people too, is because people ask me, they're like, well, what about you? Like you, you say you had this like spiritual awakening and went through all this stuff in the past year and a half. I'd be like, well, I don't, I still don't really openly talk about like, like clear audience and stuff like that and things that I hear. Cause you tell people like, well, I hear things and instantly people go, hmm. Okay. Okay. Where's the, the straight jacket? We got to get you to a nice comfy padded room. It's like, no, no, but you got to understand, like, uh, it's not like, it's not like what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's different. Yeah. It's different. It, it, and I, it is. And I love that you're talking about a spiritual awakening because as I've been helping people recover from burnout, what I, my personal opinion is that that is a form of a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. So it's like, how are you going to answer the call 
And that's part of why all the stuff that people do, like, doesn't work very well. Yeah. But it's the safe thing to do. And that's what my doctor said. And that's just like, okay, but but you're receiving clear information that your life is not working for you. Let's build a different life. And why not build one on how you're actually wired? What's actually going to work for you? Yeah. So, yeah. And then, of course, it's, it can show up as all sorts of other ways. I mean, it's not the only way a person gets a spiritual awakening. Yeah. Um, and aren't they fun? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's, there's a lot of intricacies and I always tell people, you know, the, the people outside of even like the metaphysical community, just like neurotypical normal quote unquote normal people that have no idea. And you start talking to them and you're like, Oh, it sounds like a lot of work. I'm like, yes, they don't call it the work. You're doing the work because it's easy or like fun. I mean, getting through is that's fun. Like getting onto the other side, that's the fun part, but <laughs> getting through it is not. <laughs> do, do you find that it's motivating to do the work just to do the work or to do the work for the results? Well, I think with, with how my brain is wired, I want the results since I'm so results driven, it's like if I have that, that's like, yay, like a dopamine hit. So if I can get through whatever it is and do the work and like come out on the other side process, even if it's like processing a feeling or overcoming like a past trauma or a myriad of things, I can feel so much better being on the other side and, and getting there. Um, Whereas going through it, sometimes it's really hard to get through. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and and the getting all the way through it without stopping and bypassing when you hit resistance. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Res resistance, it took me a, a long time. And I think, you know, August of last year is when I finally had that, that true, like, aha moment that whenever I do feel that resistance, it's not like, oh, time to turn and, and go a different direction. It means I'm right on the other side of the breakthrough. So it's yes. like, it's like, oh, here we are. It's, that's what's been stopping me. I've been turning away from this part because of the resistance. And now I go, oh, this is the thing I, my body's telling me I shouldn't do. So I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like. It, and it helps to really, for myself and for clients, it's helped to really discern who or what is telling you not to do it. Like, what is the part within you that, you know, your inner kid that's putting the brakes on this? Mm -hmm. Because I completely agree. What Whenever we hit resistance with a client or with myself, it's really exciting. It's like, yay, because we're just, we're so close. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> um, that's and how to transform that resistance into results. It's, you know, the process is both the same and very different for each person. But when you can figure out what process works for you and then that breakthrough is like, oh, my goodness. But it's still it's still a stress, mm -hmm. even though it's a good stress, even though it's a it's a change in the direction that you really desire it's still a change and it's still destabilizing. So there's all of these things to do to ensure that the change stabilizes. <laughs> and you're not like, well, that was a lot of work and I did a really good job. And now we're back where we started. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's the devastation of that. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, was talking to a friend that ha has been going through a lot of like deep, deep, just trauma healing. And it was something that she was unaware of, but was aware of. And every time she got up to it and like was up to a point of kind of just like letting it go, she would grab right back onto it and just clench on tightly. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're no, you were, you were right there. <laughs> but I, I tell people all the time, it's like, it's different for everyone, but it's, it's like you, the phrasing is the same. You, you want to 
you know, the breakthrough, the letting go, the doing all the, doing all the work is, is the same with us. That's our goal to be able to get through to the other side and have a, the breakthrough, the awakening, the, the beautiful moment. But the, the work is so it's, it's so intricate per person, but we all know what it entails. <laughs> so, go ahead. so one of the things I found for me, and maybe this is true for you, I'm really curious to see what you think of this. It's creating some structures around you or an environment where that is supported. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, um, my biggest breakthroughs and biggest revelations have been what I like to call with, with my soul family. Uh, you know, it's the family I got to choose that we all got put together for some reason. Uh, and it includes energy workers, healers, sound healers, psychics. It, it's all these beautiful people that came together and just know each other. First time I met some of these people, I knew them. And I was like, I feel different with you than I have ever felt with anyone else. So I was able to just drop any sort of guard mask, anything that was weird that I have to put up to go into society or talk to the, the muggles as we like to say. <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> so in, I was able to just like shed it all and talk about like what I was feeling and experiencing and the things I was hearing or things that I would see or synchronicities that were happening. And instead of that look of like terror in their eyes, I had this look of understanding and this feeling of love and compassion from all, all these men and women in our group. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, this is where I need to be to do this because it's making it easier to do this. Yes. Not where you're, it's not just you're supported, but you have things you're doing reflected in your environment, reflected back to you, new options, new opportunities. And it's, um, while it's possible to shift and transform your life the way you want to without that, that's, that's, it's harder when you don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's just, it's, it's so important. And then what I love, and it sounds like you've had a similar experience when you're with people who are really willing to be real and their authentic self, which, you know, authentic self, it's a little, it's hard to like be all about helping people find their authentic self, but the word authentic self, like, you know, it's been overused and misused and all of that, but it's like, yeah. when you can just be actually you and just, be okay with that. Oh, feels, looks like you've got some issues about me and let it be a you problem. Like that's a you problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's so freeing. It, it really is. It, yeah. It's, it's something that the more I interact with people that are, you know, okay with being themselves, the more I'm okay with being myself. And it ends up being this, it ends up, a lot more gets done in every aspect. It's, it's not just, you know, any mental or, or spiritual, even just physically I'll go, yeah, maybe I hit it off with one of my friends and we start talking about something and that leads to a new thing happening, either a business idea or just some fun thing we're going to put together, or maybe we have an idea for a little get together later on. And it's more comes from it when you, aren't blocking anything. Oh my goodness. Right. That's, it frees up so much energy. Sure. Sure. It gets rid of stress. Yes. Yes. It gets you out of burnout and you don't happen to get, but oh my goodness, the energy that floods into your body, into your life, into your livelihood when you do that. And, um, it's, it's fantastic. And in part it's cause I've spent a lot of time with, okay, well, if I'm helping people be themselves, remove stress and get more energy, Let's really dig in. Yeah. And it's been really interesting when I brought in the lens of needs. So, so stress is any perceived challenge to normal balance. Real, imagined, remembered, or anticipated. That's just, it's a perceived challenge to balance. 
Um, but it's also a symptom that you've got unmet needs. Mm. And a lot of people think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It isn't exactly a hierarchy um, because your need for growth and expansion is still present, even if you're not eating right and not sleeping. So they all exist at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the more needs you get met, the more well-being you have. This is like well-documented. There's SDT theory. There's like at least 20 years of a body of literature on this. So this isn't like, oh, my God, it's groundbreaking. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, this is kind of what we're doing. But not a lot of people are applying this lens. So when people are like, oh, I really want to free up some energy, a lot of times they're they're thinking of things that are typically hard to do. Mm. Like they're looking at what's their loudest need is in their life and trying to address it directly. And then surprise when, well, I couldn't get that boulder to move. Like, right. <laughs> so start with the easy needs, start with the little stuff, start with the stuff like, you know, create a situation where you could sleep, <laughs> Let's, you know, eat well enough for you, have a little more water, regulate your nervous system. Yes. Rest and regulation are so important. And when you do those things, it makes it easier to do the other things and you stop putting up with BS. Yeah. You stop putting up with all this dysfunction that's baked into our culture. Yeah. <laughs> and when you like make your life functional for you, which, you know, it works and it's not dysfunctional. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> so much is freed up and you can really do so many things or you could just sit back and enjoy feeling good. Really it's okay. You're not under any obligation to use your energy. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's really important, too, that you said that because sometimes, and this is really important, it's when your body is saying, hey, yeah, you can just chill. Chilling is okay. Uh, and a lot of us are wired, and I am i mean, I'm guilty of it still. It's, it's some days I'm just like, I can't chill. I have to do these things. I'm like... <laughs> and, and it happened the other night. I had this this feeling of like, of... of almost like a, a panic because I was going to sit down and, and play a game and just kind of like listen to music and relax, like just, you know, for an hour or two and then go read a book, go to bed. Just, but I sat down at my computer and I put my hand on my mouse and I had this overwhelming sense of like dread. Like I can't do this. I can't play a game. I, have a book to market. I have to edit podcast episodes. I have all this stuff that I have to do. And I'm just like, I don't have to do anything. That didn't come as quick as it needed to come that night. I had to go journal. I had to sit there and I opened up my journal and just kind of free form, let everything fall out onto the page. And I was like, well, why, why did I put myself in a position that I couldn't enjoy free time my, like enjoy relaxing why did i put myself in that position what were the things that were saying okay yeah i have to find a literary agent for a book well that takes time emails are sent that you know four to six weeks is what they tell you with all of them so that's done i did that i'm now just that's up to them i was like well and all the other things i was like i I've talked to marketing people. I like what, what stopped me? I did the things I didn't, but my body was telling me I couldn't do it because I wasn't doing them right that second. And every free second of your time should be productive. Well, guess what? Rest is productive. <laughs> it's rest. Okay. So a lot of us have internalized capitalism, <laughs> And I can't tell you for myself, this was true. And for pretty much every client, there's this sense that you earn rest. No, rest is your divine right. In mm -hmm. the 5R framework that I teach to help people get flow into their life, rest is number one. If you're not resting, ain't none of the rest of this going to work. It's just not. <laughs> so, but part of it is. If it's inter if something's interfering with your rest, sounds like you worked all the way through this, like, what would it take to create a situation where I could rest? Well, what are the things that I quote need to do, but you know, obligation. So it's more like what's required to get the result I want 
And how could I do this in a fun way? And is that necessary right now? Mm-hmm. Because when a person is in that state, it's typically a very stressful state. Stress changes your perception. And when you're making choices from stress, they're usually not nearly as good a choices as if you've rested, regulated your nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true, too, because I know me two years ago and me two years ago, which is a strange sentence to say out loud. (laughs) Me two years ago sounds like a caveman. But two years ago, I would have probably had some sort of internal meltdown with that situation because I didn't have the wherewithal to process my own emotions and what I was feeling. It was, I wasn't even akin to it. Like I was just going, I was on autopilot all the time and, uh, heavily medicated then too. uh, just wake up and go, 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 sleep, wake up, go, go, go. But I would, it would be wake up and go to nowhere because there was no intention in the going. It was just, Hey, I'm doing a thing. What the thing is, who knows? I've, I was just doing because I thought I had to do the thing, whatever it was to be successful or to move ahead or to do whatever. And all I did was just expel energy at, astronomical rates. (laughs) Oh my God. I used to do that all the time with business because there's this whole, oh my God, what's this, what's going to make this work? I don't know. Let me do this. Let me do that. And I discovered what I was doing is I was doing basically things that were the same as me running in place just so I felt like I was doing something. Mm -hmm. It's like, it wasn't really a momentum builder. It was just relieving my perceived stress of not doing something. Yeah. And then I was like, but, but, but wait, (laughs) (laughs) Or alternatively, I've got to get this done. And from that language, that's obligation language. I know that's not going to lead anywhere good, but let me stay with this and really push through instead of, you know, Heather, you're not wired for that. I'm wired to wander in and do three or four days of work in a short afternoon and then do nothing for a few days. Like that's, that's what works for me, but I wasn't honoring that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I think the the big thing that I noticed I was doing besides the the running in place analogy is really great because that's what it felt like with my diagnosis of ADHD it was a it was a blessing because I got to understand how my brain worked and I was like okay it works a little differently so I got to do things that worked better for it but I had to break that old habits because I thought multitasking in the way that I was multitasking was doing me such a good thing. Like I would have something going over here, the TV on this on doing this and writing over here and have this up on this screen and this over on that screen. And just, and then what I was realizing is I was yes, doing everything at once, but I was expending all my energy to do everything at once. And it wasn't until I started writing my book at the beginning of this year where I said, you know what, if I'm going to write a book after talking to my business coach about it, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to just focus, which is unheard of for people with ADHD, but through all my practices with meditation and everything else, like I, I, I can do this. So I said, how am I going to do this? All right. We're going to load up a nonverbal music playlist that has a lot of binaural beats to keep me in that, in the right frequency. I'm going to load up a Google document, full screen, make it black, hide all menus. So it's just what I'm typing Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go from there. And then I found that all of a sudden I would melt away an hour or two just writing and I I would pull away from it and I go, that was, that was great because I know the old me would have been like, well, I'll I'll have a YouTube video on here 
maybe Netflix on over there <laughs> and I'll be listening to music that I can sing along to. And then I look at what I wrote and it's like a paragraph and half of it is what I was singing. And the other half is just garbage and nonsense. Yeah. I'm like, but in my head, it used to be like, oh yeah, I'm doing all these things. I'm catching up on stuff. And <laughs> like it's, it's, it's hard to find that appropriate level of um, enough stimulation where it's not distraction. Yes. Because I also, if things are too quiet and I'm only doing one thing, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> like yeah. I need a little something else going on. And now all of a sudden I'm completely into it. And I think um, a lot of us who are neurodivergent probably have had that experience. And, y you know, yeah. once you've met one neurodivergent person, you've met one neurodivergent person. So we're all a little <laughs> bit different. <laughs> it feels like there's like there's some commonalities. And I think yeah. a lot of us have, haven't understood that. Yeah, there's definitely threads that weave through all of us that that are just like, oh, yeah, like like what you just said. If it is silent. That's that's a problem because that's that's why when people ask me, well, what do you do when you're when you want to do something and focus on one thing and try not to? I was like, my phone goes on. Do not disturb. That's number one. And I flip it over. It's whenever you're anyone's with me and they see me flip the phone over, like, oh, you don't want me to see. I was like, no, I don't want to see a notification at all because if I see it, I'm going to go to it. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And I was like, and nonverbal music. Like I, I love my, my buddy, uh, Ben Carroll. He's a sound healer and he has amazing, great music that I just put on in the background and it works perfectly for focused tasks. So if I'm like, if I'm writing, it's great if I'm like drawing or painting, that's great. Even if I'm just cleaning up my office, which I definitely have to do. That's why my camera's tilted a little up right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, but it's all those things. It's like, it keeps me focused. It doesn't distract me. But if there's nothing, then I'll just sit there and have that paralysis of what should I do? Well, I could clean and I could watch something. I could put a, movie on i guess or oh you know i have maybe i could exercise and now but i'll do all this stuff in my head <laughs> but i'll just be sitting there not doing any of it so yeah that some stimulation is definitely important yeah and it's it's just it's finding that right balance um and then because for me it's like it, it's a few to several things and then when there's one more thing it's like okay nope it's all collapsed now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And the, the thing with the overstimulation, like looking back, I can see that that's quite a bit of what contributed to burnout. Because at the time I was working um, in a hospital pharmacy that also had outpatient and it also had long-term care all in the same room. <clears throat> so you've got um, four or five different phone lines ringing and seemed like nobody knew how to answer the phone you know, <laughs> and people yelling at you and um, lots of chatter and, okay, and I've got to get this checked and this to the floor and I've got this stat order and I got somebody crashing and I, you know, all of this stuff. <laughs> and with the overhead lights. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it, it was really much. interesting because on, <laughs> you know, on Sundays, I would come in and just be for several hours. It's just me and one tech. And every once in a while we'd have it, like I would match with the tech who also didn't want the overhead lights on. So we would just leave one on. So we go, oh, so easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those, those over, especially those glaring fluorescent lights. I know all about them because in, in my basement office, I, we lucked out when we bought this house. I was like, oh, you know, drop tile ceilings are good for, for sound dampening. I was like, those lights, though, those big fluorescent tubes, I turn it on. I'm just like, nope, nope, uh-uh. Not today. <laughs> so I have like lighting, little lighting strips all over the room. So I have ambient lighting and this is as bright as it gets in my room. For those that are watching, uh, it's two little LED panels only for when I podcast, because <laughs> if not, they are off and I am in a, in a very, it's not dimly lit, but it's lit enough 
for me. Appropriately lit. Yes. <laughs> I've got um, two windows because so, I love sunshine. Love sunshine, sunshine. definitely <laughs> a, a big difference. There's no windows in the basement, unfortunately. But also, um, daylight bulbs mm. pretty much everywhere. That made a big difference for my nervous system. Like my partner, he does not notice one way or the other. It's like, isn't this better? He's like, I don't. Sure. <laughs> like, okay, it's, let me just tell you, it, this is better. <laughs> and it's just calmer and more peaceful. And it's so simple, mm-hmm. but there's so many things that are actually very simple that make such a big difference. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, what, what are some of your favorite, like little simple tools to, to help people? Because they're, Lighting is definitely one for me. Like I know this only because I would go visit my parents and they always have, uh, I'm a photographer. And so I, they have very cold lights. It's like my lighting in here is around like, um, 3,200 Kelvin, which super, super like are almost orange, yellow. Mm-hmm. It's really comforting. It's like a sunrise sunset type dusk feeling. Um, and theirs is like 7,600. It's white, white light. And it's bright and it's cold. And I'm just like, why do you have this in your house? <laughs> like, all of your lights hurt me when I come in here. Well, that's okay. Especially for my neurospicy souls that I work with. I like to, from a rest perspective, because that's where... That's where it all kicks off from a rest perspective, thinking about as part of it, what is your sensory scape? Because, you know, the joke I tell is, I'm sorry for what happened when the tag on my shirt was touching me. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I'm, everything's fine now. Sorry about all that. So it's like, what's bothering you? And is your chair comfortable? Do you like your pen? Is <laughs> What's the light level? Can you do, is it better if you turn it down or turn it up? Is the temperature different? What are the sounds around you? And do you have not, is it quiet enough, but are those sounds supporting you? Yeah. Um, Because for a while I had a little tabletop fountain, loved it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Someone else uses a white noise machine. Other people listen to music and some people are like, no, I just need it silent. Fantastic. But what's the balance for you? You know, is it warm enough? Is it? And once you take care of the sensory issues, everything else, at least for the people I work with who are neurospicy, everything else gets easier mm-hmm. in part because we're putting up with stuff that we don't know we're putting up with. You know, those hidden tolerations, those hidden stresses. And I can't tell all of us are like, well, it shouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> but it is. Yep. But it is for you. So let it be a big deal. Just. <laughs> Yeah, that's... Why are you trying to conform and fit in in your own body? It is not like, so what if so-and-so doesn't think it's important that this be changed? It's, is, why do you care? Yeah. It's, it's important to you. Yeah. I, 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 I love that because I, myself, especially sensory issues for me are, uh, socks are a big one for me. So People are like, oh, you're a no sock person or you have to wear socks all the time. Like, this is the frustrating thing is yes to both of them. So (laughs) there's a point at some point during the day where my body goes, please, no more. Take them off. Like, I I like them in the beginning of the day, but now it's no more sock time. And I will, it's just a subconscious thing now. I, I will take off my socks and I'll just have a pile of socks like next to my computer or, or next to wherever I'm working. And people are like, what's up with all the socks? I'm like, my, I, my body didn't want them anymore. <laughs> it's functional. Yeah. It's functional. And the only thing you might add to that is if they're all over, just get a, get a nice little basket to throw them into. Yeah, like, my, just work with what's happening. Yeah. My, <laughs> my pugs enjoy it because they're like socks and <laughs> she'll, the one pug penny, she'll rub her face in them. I'm like, all right. Okay. That's what you love. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and thinking about what else might solve this. Um, cause that's something I, at work, if a sock, it's like, I'm sorry, I can't, I know that we're in the middle of a thing, but my sock is rubbing me and I like, cannot, I like for real cannot cope or think. 
So the th- one of the things was I, when I first discovered um, merino wool socks, mm. I thought those are ungodly expensive. And now I'm like, I don't think they charge enough for these. These are great. <laughs> <laughs> they never go anywhere. They just, you put them on and they just function. Yeah. It's not everybody's experience, but like, it is, it's not just a comfort level. It's a sensory rest yeah. level. And then there's a, you know, like a rest active rhythm. And, and when people hear rest, they think sleep. Well, it, sleep is a form. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, there's a lot of resters. My, one of my favorites and, you know, thank you, Andrew Huberman for learning about deep sleep, non-rest, uh, not deep, not sleep. What is it? Wow. My, I see the acronym and all the words came out in the wrong order, but the, <laughs> the non-sleep depressed, that's what it's called. Love that. Yeah. When I was like, Oh, I, I do that. I will just sit there. And if I'm not like going to sit down to meditate and like, I'll, I'll just be like, I just need to like recharge real quick and to take 15 minutes and, and do something like that and just breathe. And then all of a sudden I'm like, and even my little whoop strap is just like, Hey, you were napping. I'm like, no, I wasn't. Sort of. <laughs> it's like, I was here, but my body thought I was napping. And that's yeah. the important part. And it's like heart rate will go down, stress goes down and I, I feel revitalized. And it's so important to know little tools like that because you don't have to always just go take a nap because a lot of people try to take a nap and it turns into a sleep because that's sometimes your body goes, Hey, this is fun. Let's just uh, keep it down for another three or four or five hours. Or, or the attempt to rest, but misunderstanding and thinking rest is sitting and doing nothing. Mm. That's not for a lot of us. That's not restful. No, it, it's so for me, one of the ways that I rest is when the weather is decent at all. I am outside on my deck in my rocker, listening to a book, playing a game on my mm-hmm. phone and 15, 20 minutes of that. I'm just completely refreshed. I'm like, this yeah. is amazing. Let's get right back to this. <laughs> yeah. I, I always tell people like if you like I, I will go for a, a walk, a 15 minute walk. That's another one because walking helps kind of like quiet my, well, it quiets my insides, like the inside thoughts. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm walking. And that's when I have a lot of really clear messages come through. And if I'm stuck on something or if I need some sort of other, um, like this other like thing, just like, um, can't even think of the word for it. Like if I need to work out a problem, going for a walk will normally get me to the end and finding out the answer to the problem because it just clears a, a path for me. And they're like, but you're walking. How is that rest? How is that a rest? I was just like, because it's giving my mind a break. It's giving, <laughs> it's like. It's, I like to ask those people, tell me how it's not restful. Yeah. You explain to me how that's not restful. Yes. Well, I can't. Well, then. <laughs> like, <laughs> then leave me alone. Like, yeah. Let's... <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, I can't stress it enough. It's when you find those things that help create th- that type of rest, no matter if it's an active rest or a passive rest, it, it changes everything because it changes your day. It changes how you yeah. continue on through a project, how you approach new things. It It's, it's really it's probably one of the, the best, I mean, rest is probably the number one tool for the mind. (laughs) I think so. But I also think that when we're adding in um, nervous system regulation, so in priority order, it's whatever's restful, but then focus on what regulates your nervous system. And a lot of times, you know, you can get a twofer, like the rocking that is regulating to a nervous system and it's particularly Mm -hmm. useful for mine. Um, Breathing, deep breath with the bigger exhale, the magic is in the exhale. Mm-hmm. Or even the deep breath with the, uh, yeah. the sigh, that's very releasing. You have a couple of those. 
This doesn't have to be like, oh, excuse me, I need my special cushion. <laughs> excuse me, I need my special cushion to regulate. It's fantastic. If meditation like that works for you, great. There's so many things you can do through the day, you know, the self-hug, the havening, so many different options. Find some and use it yeah. because when you can get your nervous system regulated, that's part of what helps your whole system carry more energy. And again, you can use it to do stuff and make an impact if you want to, or you could just use it to enjoy yourself. <laughs> <It's>, you <know. laughs> Yeah, I, I I find that when you when you do find these little things, especially regulating, for me a big one, uh, it's just stepping out and grounding, like stepping out onto. And if you can't get outside, get a grounding mat. You'd be surprised how just like oh, I'm just gonna go sit on this because getting outside means you know walking down 10 flights of stairs and doing all this and i don't want to do that and then take my shoes off so you get a grounding mat and as long as your building is grounded that you're in then it's a good thing like i can physically feel and i i always thought <laughs> to funny aside is i was like ah you know a grounding mat that's silly so unbeknownst to me i was testing it out on accident because I was like, I'm not feeling grounded. Like I could go out in the grass and, and like feel like that connection to the earth and, and just like this, this release of, of whatever charge. And then I was using my grounding man. I'm like, I'm not feeling that. I was like, this thing is, it's a bunch of crap. And then I checked the outlet with a GFI to see if it was grounded and it wasn't. <laughs> so it wasn't doing anything <laughs> it was just there it wasn't like i was like oh well duh i'm stepping on this grounding mat and my charge is going nowhere so i'm just not getting any sort of grounding happening so i changed it to another outlet and i was like oh okay yeah that's different now <laughs> like that's that's better that's yeah. better i i love I'm, I'm a, I'm big on tools. I love tools, but I also like stuff that you don't have to like buy and pay for. Cause there's mm -hmm. a lot of times you can run yourself through a quick imagination, imaginal exercise for grounding mm. and it, you know, using your imagination to drop baggage and it really does create a physiological change. So why not? But yeah. yeah, I'm I'm all kinds of not opposed to tools. I think they're very helpful. Yeah. Um, but we don't always have to like buy a gadget. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely with you on, on the gadget thing because I because even when we got the grounding mat, I was like, why? <laughs> but we had a twofold purpose for it. It was kind of for the dogs. Like, okay, so we can have a grounding mat for them. But now it's like, oh, oh I'm going to use it since it's here. Why not? Why not? <laughs> but yeah, I, I love when you don't need to purchase a gadget because um, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, I got this. You know, even like in my my world and in, in the book, people are like, oh, I got a whole bunch of crazy journals. What do I do? I'm like, I spent $100 on this journal. I was like, why? I went to the dollar store and got a whole bunch of composition notebooks for a dollar each. And that's my journal. And they're like, well, but this one has all the things in it. I'm like, I don't need the things. I need something I can write my thoughts in. <laughs> and it was, it was one of those crazy things. Well, what about your to-do list? Is it a nice, pretty list? I'm like, no, they're all, I, they're all Amazon basics like five by eight legal pads. Mm -hmm. I, I buy them by the caseload because it's part of my everyday tool to like, so you don't have to spend like $20 for like a big fancy to-do list book. I'm like, no, I spent $20 and get a hundred <laughs> notepads. <laughs> although, although like I am, I agree. I like to just use whatever's around, fold some typing paper in half and away we go. However, for a lot of people to get over the hump, buying something nice, mm. buy something that you're actually interested in, not 
so nice that you don't use it because it's too nice. <laughs> I have a couple of those. Right. Like, <laughs> here's, here's my beautiful journal. Oh, no, I haven't cracked it yet. But now it's like, well, what works for you? What tools do you enjoy engaging with? Um, and I'm not sure if that's more of an autism trait or, or what that is. <laughs> I, it, it, I mean, it could be because when you find something that is re that really speaks to you like that, mm -hmm. yeah, you want to use it. Um, yeah. I never had that because I've had, uh, I'm actually looking over at a pile of journals um, <laughs> that I've tried and mm -hmm. some of them, it was, it was good that I've tried them because it was research for when I did write the book about the different types of journals. And I was like, Oh, these, this is my dot journal. I hate the doing this one. I hate doing bullet journals. I hate doing, I was like, I don't like journaling. And I was like, cause there's too much involved with how they want you to journal instead of what works for you. Yeah. So that's what I found was yeah, I can do like a creative journal and I can do certain types of journaling, but I cherry pick the things I like and put it into just a regular notebook. And then you'd be surprised. I have like five or six of them filled up from this year just because that's how I do it. And I always tell people too, uh, it's, it, this is especially for those with ADHD is write in the journal. Don't, I do use Google Docs a lot for when I need to write something down. And sometimes I do journal through there. Um, but when you have that physical connection of writing it, it does something in your mind. Um, there was yeah. scientific papers about it. I read them. I understood them. And now I forgot them. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it absolutely does help. That's um, what I, for myself, because I've been using the, the Lois term, but I couldn't get it electronic because I, it, for me, I need to both write it physically, but then be able to easily retrieve it later and index it and all of that. Mm. So this was this big conundrum. And currently I'm using a reusable notebook. Mm. Um, and if they would sponsor me, I would tell you all about it. But um, <laughs> And I really quite like it. And I had tried one of the digital tablets. Mm. And oh my God, I, I hated that thing. I don't know why I hated it, but I just was like, this is terrible. It's like, this just went nowhere and I don't know... <laughs> Yeah. I... <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's important to take advantage of what actually works for you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes some technology to solve. And sometimes it's like, oh, this is just, this is a stapled together couple of typing sheets and away we go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, speaking of technology, I have, you know, a, was it a Microsoft surface? I got like an eight pro last year or the year before. And I was like, oh, this is great. One, because I needed to upgrade my laptop. So this would be great. It's a tablet and I have a little keyboard for it. I saw it had this really cool pen and I really enjoyed it because it has this little thing in it that makes it feel like you're writing on paper. But then I realized that I never use it for that. I only use it to draw on the tablet. I've never, outside of when I first cracked it open, have taken notes with it. And I was like, I, I had such high ex expectations right. that you'd be my, my new journal slash notebook that has infinite pages. But um, really, in reality, it's just a nice, nice drawing pad that I have. Right, right. And then it's that negative dopamine hit. You're like, oh, dang it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I always, um, I always, think about those things i'm just like it's okay though because it's still it's still practical i still use it it's still okay <laughs> yeah well, that's so great i i always um i kind of kind of just let the conversation flow today but with your practice with mm -hmm. what you do um i can i can honestly say it's so important that you are bringing this type of modality to people that are, man, they're on the, the cusp of, they're either on the cusp of burning out or they're deep in it. And to have those tools to understand like what they're doing and like how to, how to avoid it, how to get out of it is great. But what I want to do before we get 
to a finality of this episode. I, I mean, I, I feel like I could talk to you for a few hours, <laughs> but what with everything that you're doing, I know you have a little, like you, you have like a free, it's like a free gift or free. Yes. Uh, there's a, you have a freebie. Uh, freebies are freebie. important. Yes. yes. Like, <laughs> like many other business owners on the planet, I have a freebie. <laughs> My freebie is about finding flow through understanding your needs. Because mm. uh, one of the things I like about using are my needs getting met enough? Yes, no. As a lens is it removes the judgment. It removes the shaming. It removes all the toxic energy. It's like, oh, yes, no. So I, in that, I talk about how to find flow by getting your needs met. Because the next question people have is like, that sounds great. What are my needs? Like, <laughs> okay. So what I did is I collated, I like, I did a, so I'm a nerd, if you did not know this already. And I did a huge deep dive into the literature on needs, into the literature on vitality and energy flow. And of course, brought in all the information I already have about stress and burnout. And basically put together a need sheet that's pretty easy to see. And it's, it's also visually attractive, which is helpful for people too. So it's what are your actual needs? And it's not really a hierarchy. And then a separate sheet that's a mirror image of what are the need blockers? What is the consequences of not having, for instance, not having your need for relatedness being met? It's separateness and that can lead to people pleasing and that can lead to judgment and that like, so it helps people kind of categorize what might be going on here, mm -hmm. but not from a, oh, let me self-flagellate, I'm messing this up, just from a, what an excellent area of opportunity. <laughs> How could I get just just 1% more connection? How could I get just, just a tiny bit more of this? And, and really, it's in a structure and approach that also talks about how stress impacts that and how needs impact stress. Mm -hmm. And it's the first important step to really getting flow into your life. That's beautiful. Because if there's one thing I know is getting in a flow state is so... It's imperative to getting anything really done, especially if you're creative. And it's more than just flow state. It, the mm -hmm. flow state is a part of it, but this is getting actual energy to flow into your life. And oh, energy has better. many forms. One of the ways that energy tends to coalesce tangibly is as money. <laughs> money and health and relationships. Like it's all very necessary. So what's the flow of that? Mm. How can you get more energy into your life? How can it flow more freely without blocks and restrictions? How can you stop feeding the vampires? Like plug those leaks. And then what are you using your energy for? Mm. Because that impact makes a big difference. So just, just a little secret. So when people are recovering from burnout, they fatigue and tiredness, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, all the different levels of tiredness. I'm like, well, why isn't it coming back? What would you use your energy for if you had it back? And almost invariably always, they will list all of the bullshit, pardon my language, all of the BS. <laughs> I forgot I was on a podcast. I got yeah, excited. They okay. list all the crap that mm -hmm. they're going to use it for. And basically, I'm going to mask more heavily. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do all this ridiculous stuff at work. I'm going to, well, that energy is not going to come over and play if all you're going to do with it is boring stuff. Yeah. Like what lights you up? What does it take to actually be you in the world? How can you get cool with that? And what can you do to truly re rejuvenate yourself? Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Because that is true. Like normally the first thing a lot of people go to is just like, I'm going to do more of the same. If I had more energy, I would just burn myself out <laughs> twice as hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. That this is so from my frame of reference, that is the universe saying, no, we did try and get your attention very gently. <laughs> Taps you on the shoulder, whispered in your ear. And now I they just tackled you. And you can't really, at least for myself and the people I work with, 
you kind of can't get your energy back until you restructure your life into something that's actually sustainable, mm. something that's functional, that creates more, and is typically easeful. So, and that's part of why it's it's kind of one and done for a lot of people. Because if you've really built those structures and you've got good boundaries and you're not doing stuff that you don't enjoy for the most part, <laughs> or if you're doing it, you're doing it from a conscious choice, like, oh, that isn't my preference, but I will choose to do it, has a whole different physiological response than I have to. Yeah. So it's all this stuff that feels like a lot of little stuff, but really it's a big system. And when you do that, it's like, oh, you can kind of do whatever you want at that point. And then getting okay with how you are as you do it. Hmm. I really love that because it's um, actually that that sums everything up pretty nicely. Uh, there's been many times when I have been stuck into that. I have to. Mm-hmm. It's like it took for forever. I mean, I'm 42. I'm going to be 43. It it took me at least 42 years to figure out. Um, I don't have to do anything. You don't. That's... So I was I was presenting to a company <laughs> and was talking about how um, obligation, guilt, and shame are the three biggest toxic energies. Shame's probably the worst, mm-hmm. but obligation is the most common because it's socially acceptable. Yeah. And they were talking about all this stressful stuff. And, well, I have to. I was like, no, you don't. You absolutely don't. Well, I have to go to work. You don't. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to do anything. And the lady that was organizing it was like, wait, wait. It's like, <laughs> like you're making a lot of choices with that one choice. But you don't have to. You could make a new decision. At a lunch and learn, somebody was like, I don't, I don't want to have to. It's like, you could just grab your purse, leave here, and never go back to work. And she was like, all the stuff that came up is probably, is all the reasons why you're not going to choose that. Mm -hmm. But when you feel trapped, and of course, stress changes how you perceive the world. So you feel trapped. Yeah. When I burned out, I was like, well, I can't get another job. What? (laughs) I never had a problem with that. (laughs) It just, it changed how I saw things. So really freeing yourself. It's just, it's so liberating. Yes. Yes, it is. So um, b- before we do wrap up, I, I kind of have two last things. One, where can people get the freebie? That's the first and foremost. You know, where can they find you online and get the freebie? Thank you. Love it. Mindandconsciousness.org. Right. It's of course, right that's there. going to be in the show notes as well. I have a link to it so everyone can get to it. Uh, I have a feeling I'm going to be getting to it after we get off this uh, podcast. <laughs> um, but And my last question I kind of give everyone is, you know, you got to the point where you are today, where you're doing what you're doing. What does the future hold? Where are you going to bring your, your idea and your practice? What a wonderful question. Um, I don't know what the future actually holds. What I'm looking to do is to help people in a bigger way. So that's why I've gotten clear that the people that I serve best are neurospicy souls that are service minded. Mm. So like that's the sweet spot because all of us care about impact. (laughs) What is the impact? Not only for the world, but for ourselves. So I'm just looking to help people in a bigger way, set the world on fire without burning out. I love it. It's such a, it's such a beautiful motto because man, do we need to do that because a lot of us are hiding. Yes. (laughs) And a lot of us are hiding in our burnout too. (laughs) Yes. And especially people who are owning like own businesses, they want to project the look of success, Mm -hmm. which that's, you know, it's important, but at the same time, it can feel very disingenuous, which is even more stressful. And then the wheel turns again. Yes. Well, Heather, I can't thank you enough for coming on and having this conversation today. Um, you know, everyone needs to go, uh, go to your site, 
pick up their freebie because I, I know there's a lot of my listeners that are sitting there going, that's not me. Yeah, it's me. That's me. I need, I need help with this. <laughs> I, I love it. And thanks so much for having me on. This is delightful. I've enjoyed this immensely. Well, I'm glad because I enjoy doing this. This is, this is one of these cup filling things for me. And I, I enjoy uh, having people on, hearing them, hearing their stories, hearing what they do, because it fascinates me. Like every walk of life that I, I've come across, it's like, uh, I enjoy it. it. It just tickles, tickles my fancy. So, <laughs> but, uh, and of course, everyone out there, you know what I'm going to say, and I'm going to say it very loud and clear. You are not alone in this. You are not alone in your struggles, and we're out here to help you. And until next time, 